What's going on, good people? It's Mr. Shaw, and we have returned for another episode for the podcast. And for this particular episode, this one comes from Shaw's sibling. Yes, I have. A, I'm the eldest sibling to the younger one, younger sister at that. Now, as my sister knows, I'm really big into music. I will listen to any genre of music it is. And just like you know, I listen to anime music because I'm really big into anime. So I listen to the Japanese, uh, either pop, metal, or rock, or um, raps from time to time. So, you know, I was really big in it because like, I like I, guess, I like some of the music. Some of this music was so soothing, so so animated, and it just it really was good. And so I listen to the Western side as well. Sometimes I even get to the European music as well but there was a genre that it popped up every now and again but I never really got into it until she basically introduced me to several different bands these bands are as of right now a couple of them are very very popular they've made songs with artists that you know um one group has made a song with uh Halsey the um the girl who says, I'm bad at love. Uh, they made one with, Fr another group made one with French Montana. You know who French Montana is by this point. And others have gotten the privilege of, you know, being in movies. Like there's one about him being a ninja assassin. This particular genre right here that's starting to make it mainstream and really, really big. It's K-pop music or Korean pop music. Now, for those who don't know, the K-pop scene is really, it started way, way back. Um, I'd probably say it goes back in probably like early 90s. That's when it really started. But they, they weren't really big. Some groups are haven't been together all that long. Others that have became in the 90s are no more. So some of these, these things came from groups of people just decide I want to make something and as a currently there's like the big three what I think is another group is basically what a really big who's making this big big stand is these are the big three there's SM Entertainment you got YG and what was the other one and JYP I had to think about it because I had to say I really just thought about it as soon as I had paused the episode real quick. It's like, what is the name of that thing? And I thought about it because it was a couple artists I listened to. Um, Because I listened to it at one point, but then I kind of like faded away from it because it just eluded me at, at a certain point because I didn't know. I didn't know the difference at the time until I actually like got into it. Mm. So those are the big three. Now the fourth one that I'm saying is getting a little bit bigger is big hit but that's thanks to their particular group that just took off but we're going to talk about it now these groups i don't know i don't remember the exact time that they started but you know they're primarily known as of right now like these if i told you to just type in sm thing is it town you'll you'll run into sm entertainment's like music groups if i told you to type in yg entertainment you're going to find them if I tell you to type in JYP, 
entertainment, you'll find the people in these groups. Some from when YouTube was first making it on the scene to currently now. And there are others. There are others out there. Um, but those are the bigger ones. There's like a lot of K-pop groups right now. So it's like really, really hard for me to tell you which ones to listen to. I just had to pick a bunch of them just to tell you to listen to them. I might list a few that you would just pick them if you want to. Like, that's what I probably do. I probably just start listing. I try like to list the groups that I I listen to or if I listen to their song, I say, okay. And, and I'll just put them right there for you at your discretion if you choose to listen to it. But K-pop was... Really, I think it was starting making this scene in the 90s. That's why I say it's the first gen. And the first gen probably goes right to a certain point, And then the second gen takes over. I probably would say, I'll probably say, the, I'll do the decade thing like I did for WWE. The first gen is 90s to early 2000. And second gen is basically that group that went came, came up in 2000 to 2010. And the 2010s to currently is the new generation. So the first group is like, they're more so the originators. Now, I think their style was probably like the fusion of 90s and 80s, like uh, styles putting together because most of them were like, they're not as, they weren't big dancers at the time. Like, now that I think about it, like they weren't really big dancers. And one guy in particular um, still, it's that's the, his situation still messes me up a little bit, but he's the guy. Let me let me see if I can find. Remember if I can find his name real quick for y'all, so I can quote him correctly. Ah, uh, it was Kim Sung Jae. He's he's one of the few people that it really. This is why I say it's a big dark part of the K-pop. Like it's still been going on for like the last um twenty to 30 years and this is one of the few things i'm gonna talk about is this man right here i'm not gonna lie he probably would have been a little bit bigger or he may not have been but he never got the opportunity king sung jay had a debut song called as i told you that's what i'm that's what i know it as but he literally performed on the stage and just you know he was getting it in just putting in that work the very next day kim jong day Sunday died. Now the allegations and all the other stuff, I can't speak on that because that's it's just it's really, really horrible. But apparently he was killed by his by his lover. It, it's it's really messed up. If that's really what went down, that's just horrible. Cause that, that man just he finally was making his debut. He's finally making his breakout, and he never got the chance to see, as you would, as we would call it, the uh, the fruit of his labor. A group, one of the current groups uh, from the new generation, uh, BTS, did a cover of his song. That's why, if you look it up, like you'll probably see that it it's it gets a lot of views and a lot of. Uh, a taste from because they did the cover to his song. Now, a lot of the uh, the first generation, a lot of them are not around no more. So they're mostly they're mostly dads or they're basically I guess you could say host right now. So they're not a lot of them are not around anymore. 
the more so ones that still around are basically the second generation um, K-pop artists, which is Shenwa, you can call him Super Junior, um, this girl's generation, girl's generation, uh, yeah, 2PM, I'll, I'll include them, um, and a couple others. They're just, they're, they're more so known to actually be like second generation. And actually, I'll include these, uh, these solo acts as well. Um, you had Rain. Now, Rain is the dude I say who's a ninja assassin. He was the K pop artist. He actually performed in the States and he actually, you know, he was really prominent. He actually was a really, really breakout guy in this time period. He had his little rival, uh, Oh my God! What was his? I had to think about. It. He he was from YG. It was seven. You also had um. You had Big Bang, which is another part of these guys from YG. Um. And TV, XQ. They were they were a big group as well. Like it was just like the second generation really set it off, for the new generation to take over. And then there's Shiny as well. Now, if I had to say Shiny, he's probably one of the younger out of the new generation. Next to, I probably would say, Big Bang. Um, mostly because they were very young when they debuted. Um, the youngest member on Shiny is actually my age. He thinks he's a little older than me, but he's my age. So, and... For the second generation, they really took, they really set it off. Like, Seven and Big Bang set it off for YG. JYP had, had Rain and uh, the other groups basically were just, were shutting it down. Now, some of the groups, like, if you didn't know, if they went on hiatus, it's because, to understand this, Korea and I think some other countries have a two-year minimum where every Korean male has to serve in the military for two years. And so that's why sometimes groups go on hiatus because the older members would go between, think somewhere between 30-something and a certain point. So basically they would go. But that's usually what happens. Um, that's happening right now to, to a current, um, some of the current members right now. So that's what's going on for a lot of people. But the second generation, man, the second generation really shut it down. But like always, there always is those dark things that happen during the second generation. <sighs> for Super Junior, uh, one of the members known as, uh, what's his name? can't never think of his name um because i'm trying to think about everybody in the total they got into a car wreck and this guy basically he got so injured that yes he's still a part of the group but the members and i have to say this is where i say where i say some people care about their bandmates like family they never actually excluded this man this man was hurt so bad he's not allowed to really perform like the whole song with the group, but he can perform a portion, like a portion of it, but he can never fully perform ever. It's just like his, his injury is so bad. It's just not fixable. And they didn't want to let him get kicked out. He was, I think his name was 
Hillisong. Like I never can't, I can't say his name. So mind mind you, he's the member from Super Junior. He just really got injured, and his injury was not fixable. Him and the one of the big singers of Super Junior as well. He also got injured. I think his name was Kunja, Kunja or something, Kunkun. I think it's something like that. He got seriously injured too. They, I thought he wasn't gonna make it when it, when I actually looked it up, and he actually did make it. He pulled through. He's still doing well to this day. But Super Junior also has a little bit of dark history that emerges from them during this uh, this time period as well. Um, Super Junior was a group of thirteen members. It's now, right now it's down to nine. And his reasoning is two members left. One left because he wanted to be an actor. And I actually think about it, I didn't really see him like really, really perform with the group. And I think they just, he just wanted to be an actor. So that's what happened with him. But I think they just kept on a contract. I have to really, I would have to really, really look into Super Junior's music like, way back to see, like, how good he was uh, as performing-wise. But there was another member. He was a Chinese member. Now, he, this group was under SM Entertainment. Now, apparently there was some issues that were happening because, you know, some people, they may not think they'll get popularity in their country, so they'll, they'll always go to different countries to gain popularity. Kind of like what you see... Like, Drake is from Canada, but he don't rep Canada like that. He may do it from, like, time from time, but he really is, like, in the U.S. He got bigger in the U.S. It's the same thing happened for a lot of, like, the Chinese, um, like, uh, personnel that tried to go from China and went to Korea. Some people from Japan, Taiwan, and a little bit of all over when they go over to Korea. That's what happened. Like, the thing is, most of these members will face a lot of racial um injustice and imbalance and that's racy what happened to him like he just wasn't he wasn't being treated equally as his uh korean counterparts that's why i kind of say yes they showed favoritism to the one guy but then the others they didn't really do all that well now for the two other members i will discuss them in a minute but they what happened with them is basically what happened during the uh as I would say, the new generation era. So, mind you, you just got to be patient for them. Yeah. Ugh. Now, the next group I'm going to talk about is TVSQ. Now, TVSQ has some really, like, big songs. Um, like, you, Wrong Number. Uh, There was the other song, uh, Meritok. It's really, like, what well, it's really, like, being said, it's like, that's one of the best dances that was made by like uh like boy band groups of that time period. But the, the sad thing is we have with TVSQ, more than half the members left due to um SM Entertainment, being SM Entertainment, where they're not being treated fairly, where they're not being paid equally, and three of the members left. And I actually thought it would hurt the group, but the group is still standing tall with the 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 members of Yuno and Chingman, the, the, those two are just holding it down. They're making actually remarkable, still good music together. They're really hitting, but I'm not going to lie. Those members leaving, I think, really did take a dip in their popularity. 
which I think hurts the group because when you think about it, um, they could have been so much bigger if they had stayed together. Yes, the group is doing good as, what's the group name? YJY. It, it, but it's like, it could be so much better. And I think another like situation where he, these women lied on one of the members saying he was doing this and doing that, and it really hurt them. And that's why I say that that group, that group in total really suffered greatly um, because of a lot of, like, uh, controversy. Now, the thing I'm going to tell you right now, like, this is a joke with me, probably about me joining, like, K-pop and, like, like it's maybe being one of, like, the trainees and getting music. But I told her, honestly, I said, if I was that good and talented, I would not go into K-pop. And I said, and I said for one reason, I said, if you mess up, it's really hard to come back. Like, you can look at Justin Bieber, look at Chris Brown and so many musicians over the years. They were able to make a comeback because they're popular in the Western states. And K-pop is really hard for you to make a comeback off of anything, even if you didn't do it, even if it's something that makes sense. It's really hard for you to make a comeback. Like, that's one of the biggest things I've noticed. And... It really does suck because there's a couple people I just mentioned who did suffer in these uh these controversies. And now some of them did do it. Others, I don't know. But it really does suck. Now, I already said, talked about Rain, like how Rain was setting off a JYP. But Rain would also go to later on, he would start to try to form a new generation. You know, because I said my man was was killing it for years. He is raining. Um, and rain is him is <laughs> that's a very conceited song, but he was really killing it. He was really was killing it. I'm not gonna say the other one because it, it. What was it? I think it was "I'm Coming," and it's like that song right there. It was pretty good. Like I think it suited better just to being seen live, but. I'm laughing because I'm, I'm looking at it because they, they were they were really were doing their own thing and they were trying to stand out as best they could. Now, girls' generation, girls' generation was popping, but they also such a controversy. But that controversy came in the new generation era, so you have to wait for that one as well. Shinwa was a very very big unit, um, but they also were part of SM Entertainment. But they were let they I guess they left, but they left together. Like, another song that was also covered by BTS. Um, ah, what was it? I forget the name of the song. Oh, my God. I forget the name of that song. But it's one of their most... It's the one where one of the members from BTS, Jimin, is really... He gets his popularity from this video right here. Like, that's the one right there. I can't think of the name right now. And I don't want to keep stopping for the podcast just to uh, to look it up. But, yeah, they were really good. Like, especially, I think, after they made their comeback. Um, I think in 2012. Yeah, I think it was 2012 they made this. No, 2011. I don't want to be wrong. 2011. I think it was 2011 when they made their comeback. Or 2012. They made their comeback with Venus. And Venus was a, it's a really, really, like, tight dance. But it's the next one. 
that comes off of the classic. The classic, ladies and gentlemen, if you were like really into Attack on Titan back when it first came out, there was like this little um like thing that was going on with the cosplayers who would cosplay and dance where they would copy off of the Shinwa song This Love. This Love was became so popular and it it, it really became popular due to the the combination of uh Attack on Titan and like this one little clip. This one little clip is where it was animated. If you type in Shinichi no Kaijo, this love, or just type in Attack on Titan, this love, I think it's still up. I don't know if it is. Mind you, it wasn't the full song. It was just, like, I think the first, like, two minutes. And it was so good. But what ends up happening is these cosplayers got a hold of it. And they took over the song. Now, the the song kind of lost its popularity because people uh, found out. I guess the um, creator of Attack on Titan has something to say about Japanese people. And the people who made it were Korean or were in Korean. But um, they took that to a personal offense. <sighs> gotta, gotta get that drink in real quick. Good old OJ. But that's what happened. But they, 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 they made some really good songs. I think they're still making music here and there still. But... They, oh my God, they, they really, they really did set it off with like a few songs. And the thing is, their style is like, as I would say, they're men, but it's like, they're not like boyish men. Like that's never been their style. Like, it's like, they got like the, the cool, like suave dance style going for them and it works. That's what I say about them. But you know they're doing they're doing pretty good i i like the fact that you know they the people still giving them their flowers while they're still here and that they're still a group like together to this day but they're actually like there was a few members that ran into some trouble but i think they they helped them out a little bit cuz they needed it so that's one thing now there was 2 p.m. Now, 2 p.m. still is around, I think, per se. I haven't looked at them for a minute. But they first came out, and they were doing okay. But there were actually seven members from 2 p.m. Seven or six. Um, There was, like, a, a bunch of members. But what ends up happening, one of the members that is known now as Jay Park, Jay Park was a part of it, but Jay Park was... Um, he grew up in the Western side. And so like he grew up over here in the United States, like kind of like, or maybe like, in, as I should say, North America. And he grew up over here, but he is a Korean man, but he grew up over here and decided, I guess he went over there to, he wanted to be, to get really big in music. So he went over there. Joined 2 p.m. He started popping. He would have made it a little bit bigger, but I guess it came out where he had said something negative. Like, I don't, I don't want to quote exactly what he said or misquote it, but he said something, and it really offended uh, a lot of people. So, basically, he got kicked out of the group. Now, he did 
he didn't really start making his comeback until I basically I say a few years later. Like his style kind of changed a little bit, but from the two p.m. thing, while two p.m. and his style changed, um, he kind of took like that urban style and ran with it, and I think it works out for him pretty well because yeah, he does have some really good music, and I like it. And two p.m. they they chose to still stay with that, like. As I would say, like with Shinwa, that's suave style. Like, I guess because, you know, they got a little bit older, so they want to change it up. Um, What's one of them? Like, My House is a good song. I like My House. It just, it, you get what they're talking about, and it's like it's done very well. And who who are the last one? Now, Seven, Seven is what, Apparently, now he's also one of the main holders from YG before I get the big thing. But he was, he had his own little style. And it was, it was work. He had a, a few couple songs. I think it was better together. Like some of his songs were cool. Like, but you can't really access a lot of, a lot of the comments for his songs. And I think it's just because, especially if it's on YG's channel. You try to access it on YG, don't even think about it. They shut that comment section down, and it's been shut for quite some time. And I'll explain it because what happened to him happened in, I believe, the new generation era. So I don't want to talk about it until, it, until I get to that point. But, you know, he was he was really popping. I guess they were saying he was the rival for JYP's reign. <laughs> and, you know... Um, Big Bang, um, they, I guess you could say they were a rival for, uh, I guess you say the, the other boy band groups from all the other groups. Uh, so that's really what happened. Like, and Big Bang, their style is a little different and I think it works out for them. So like their members, their members, they do their own thing, but also something happened with Big Bang as well. That happened in the new generation. Um, towards the end of the last decade, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about that as well. But they are they were probably like their style was very very unique. If I had to say their style is very very unique, so it's very very different from like certain people's. Like you're not gonna get. It's like they mix up different styles and put them together, and it works out and it blends very well. Now. Shiny. Now, Shiny is, I'm actually going to say this, Shiny is actually one of my favorite K-pop groups that I got to come across. And for Shiny, like, their style was more so, when they were younger, it was kind of like the the boyish kind of thing. And as they got older, it matured a lot, a lot more. And I really like the way their music is, but um, some sad news did happen for Shiny and the new generation, and we will get to that at a certain point. But basically, when you think about it, the second generation really did set it off for K-pop. But there was a lot of things that were happening behind closed doors that really messed up a lot of things. And, you know, for guys like Rain, I think after a certain point when he just wanted to stop doing music and going to the new generation, is basically he just wanted to be a dad and a family man. Yeah, he'll make music probably time and time again, but because he's not a single man a single hot man he's just not gonna be looked at because he's like he's already taken we've lost the battle ladies 
and gents. Man, this talking stuff really be getting to you sometimes. Stay hydrated. But, you know, that happens to a lot of artists. And that's exactly what we're going to start going to the third generation. Because the third generation is where it really started to pop off. Now, I'm not going to say that the third generation just started off in 2010, 2011. Because it started to pop up a little bit. But they really didn't pop off until 2012. But a group named M Black, which was one of the groups that uh, our guy Rain made. Now, they were part of his little unit, uh, J-Tune Camp. I think that's what it was called. Like, that was part, it was part of like his little, his little, uh, group right there. And they were good, but half of the members left. One of the main people, like, I think I will say he's the face. He actually went to, to, into acting. The only reason why I know that is because I actually... Don't don't ask why, but my sister got me into cage dramas and all the other stuff. It's like it was just okay, and I happened to see one cage drama with his face. I said, "That's the dude from that thing." That was the only reason why I recognized him. So that happened, but you know that happens to a lot of groups where members want to do their own thing, and kind of like what I told you about Super Junior, like the one guy wanted to be a. He wanted to be basically a an actor, and he was a singer in a group. I think he was more so a visual. I don't know, cause yeah, I didn't really get to see him like that. But one song I seen him at, he just was sitting there just smiling and shit. I know that doesn't give me a really good example of what the guy did, but that's exactly what I see him in the song. I don't know if he really sang in the song. I have to really, I would have to look it up, um, and see if he actually sang in the songs or. What song he sang in. So I would have to really. Really uh, dive deep into that. But for the new generation. It really started to pop off. When a new group. The SM Entertainment. SM Town. Decided they were going to make another group. A group with 12 men. And they were going to be the ones. That set it off for the world. This group's known. Was known as EXO. Now, EXO was one of the first big new gen groups that came out. They were big. They were big for real. They gained their popularity, like, kind of fast. But EXO, I say, was good after their first year. Their first year was not good for them. They... You could really tell, like, EXO was very, very disorganized. Like, the dancers, they look very well and look very well and perform very well. But after the first year, they got a lot better. Their first year, they were terrible. I remember looking at some of the things where they performed. They were just kind of like, you could hear, like, how tired they were. You could see that they did, they couldn't carry a tune. Certain people didn't really get to sing as much or stand out as much because they, how would I say this? They, they didn't, they weren't going to make it. And so I'm kind of glad, and I guess people don't really understand is that what happened. EXO was part, it was actually two units. 
it was XOK and XOM. XOK was the six members that they considered basically their it would be the face of the XO unit. Which would I, if I remember correctly, it was Kai, a guy named Dio. I don't remember all the members that were in it, but but th those were like kind of like the big members. Co a couple of I think it was Chenyo, Sehun, and those two other members. I think it was Beihun, and who was that six? member that six member eludes me right now but there was the other group I think it was it was Luhan Chris Schumann Lei Tai and Chen God, there's, there's somebody is looting. I think it was, oh, it was Suho. Suho was a part of the, the, the first group of, of XOK. Now, XOK would get more views and XOM would not. If you really look at it you and you don't, you think I'm lying, really look it up. Um, and I mean that for real. Like, if you really look at it, XOK got a little bit more viewership and more, um, Looked at then XOM did, and the thing is because K was for Korean and was for Mandarin, and so because they would both do it. Cause like I said, there were Chinese members or other people of other countries that joined in the K-pop scene during this time period to actually get bigger and better for their music. And the members that were Chinese in XO were Chris, Luhan, Lei, and Tai. Those were the four Chinese members. Now, they were all very talented. Don't get it twisted. But they didn't get as much looked at as unless they were featured with certain other people, which was Kai. Now, Kai was very good. Of a, He was like very good. He was a good dancer. But the only other three that really stood out, that got to really stand out of, if I had to say out of the, the three uh, uh, Chinese members don't 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 please don't take that to offense. I'm not just trying to say that to be rude, but they were the ones that were actually featured. Luhan got featured with with Kai at times, and also it would be Lei and Kai at times, but it would probably be Lei and Kai. Tai would get a little bit of viewership, but it wasn't a whole lot. And it's like they were made to look like they were going to take over the world with all this, this and stuff. And then they were doing good. Now, after their first year, where it was kind of bad, I guess after that year, they decided to put them together. 2013, Growl came out. Growl really, <laughs> Growl really set it off for them. I think putting them together really, really helped them out. And it covered up a lot of things. Like they, when they performed live, that song it really was it really was phenomenal. They did Wolf, and it was all right. But 2014, when Overdose happened, Overdose was um I didn't really care for the song all that much when it came. I ain't gonna lie to you. 
2014, they were supposed to be really, really big. But 2014, disaster struck for EXO. Chris decided to leave. Now, Chris was like, I didn't speak a lot about Chris. I think Chris was very talented, but he was being used as a visual. And he decided to leave and go back to Korea. Now, Luhan, the other person I said was, I probably would say Luhan was probably the face of XOM. Luhan was, he, he had um certain health, health, I forget what it was. But, so he was very sickly at times. And he had to basically... He also had to take a step away from EXO. And I think that really hurt EXO. So basically in 2014, EXO kind of like stopped they, they kind of stopped a little bit of promotion. And this is where I'll actually bring this group right here. Because they came in their year previously. BTS. Now you just heard me, you heard me speak of like them. You said, you said, hey, Shaw, didn't they just cover Shinwa song and, and uh, Rain song? You, 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 and you said he also covered, uh, Kim Song Jae. They covered his song. What? So, is that what they made their music strictly off of? No. Those were actually songs that they did for, as, as you would say, um, as I would say, is admiration. Like, they're performing it in their voices and their, and it's kind of like up-tuned. But, it's kind of like admiration for the person who made the song. So, that's what they did. But BTS did not start out like that. BTS came out like they was trying to be the most baddest dudes around. Like, <laughs> their youngest member, they tried to make him a rapper. And he was cool with it. He was smooth with it. I ain't gonna lie. But it didn't really suit them. 2013, it was like, okay, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. But you can kind of see that the members were not all, like, like in sync just yet. 2014... Basically, they started to get a little bit more traction. Like, I think that was when they... Who? what was the name of that song? Like, it was War of Hormones. I think it was One Day. It was, it was a lot of songs that they put out that really started to make them get a the little bit of traction. And they really started to pop off. And so this is where they really start to get bigger. And I think also it was the... I think that was it 2014... I think it was 2014 where they actually competed against Block B, where they competed with them, against them, and they started gaining traction that way. Even EXO was hyping these guys up, so they were really starting to get their traction. So EXO basically kind of losing some, some footing in that new generation battle because of the departure from Chris. And Luha's thing that's going on, it really started to hurt them a little bit. But in 2015, you know, EXO came back again with uh, Call Me Baby. Now, that song was, it actually was a very well done and well put together song. But after that song, our guy Ty Lee's as well. Um, also from like, basically, like I said, previously stated reasons. Um, is the reason why he left as well. And once again, they started to take a dip. But BTS, on the other hand, was still going on the high with dope. <laughs> hey, that's a good play on words, huh? <laughs> was on the high dope. Like, it was a really, that was a really put together song. And Run, 
and so many other songs. Like for these these two were basically competing in twenty sixteen. They I say these two is where EXO and BTS were at this like all time high. They were doing great. And after that, it's just like after twenty seventeen, it's just like BTS has been steady taking off. Well, 2016, they would say take it off. EXO's kind of like, they're still there, but it's like, they're just in second place right now. If, and if we're just talking, being honest. Because BTS is getting a lot more traction than EXO. And I think it's right now, EXO's kind of like, they're still here, but it's like, the group's almost basically be finished. But that's usually what happens when you have members with too many members. You try to get them all attention, and it just doesn't work out. Now, a group that did last long enough with multiple members was Super Junior, but like I just said, they lost four members. I spoke about the previous two, where one member wanted to be leaving to be an actor, and the other one wanted to be, he left due to personal reasons. Another thing of him being a Chinese member. But I'm actually going to do two, this, two, this two-part. This girl generation lost one member, and I don't know, I think it's just a lot of the women did, did not like her, and so... They let her go. So that's what happened with her. So <laughs> they went down in one member. And I think basically Girls' Generation is just done. I, I have not really heard them make any more. They haven't really been making no, like, no noise, per se. So basically after like that whole incident, I think maybe a year or so later, they probably was doing something. But a lot of these girl groups have been popping off, which is twice and... Blackpink and a couple others, but what do you mean? It's like that's usually what happens when you come out as a group. It's really hard for you to stay on track. So that's really what happened for them. I don't really have much to say about because I didn't really listen to any music like that. But let's go back to Super Junior. Super Junior had some great traction, and after I would say 2014, 2015, it's kind of like they were just struck with a lot of controversy a lot of times. And one of the controversies was this one member from the group, Kong Sungmin, he got married and it's kind of like Sungmin was basically kicked out of the group because he got married. It's like he's one of the few members, and he actually was very talented. But it's like he got kicked out because he wanted to be married. And the, the sad thing is he also was part of Super Junior M. Which sucked because, like I said before, they, Super Junior got more traction, but Super Junior M had other members, and it sucked because he was one of the members, and he was basically, as a sort, just kicked out of the group. So he can't perform with either group. And that's really what happened. He's still with the, with the company, but it's kind of like he doesn't get a whole lot of traction when he makes music with them. And... Super Junior M, yeah, like just same thing for them. I think they lost another member as of recently, and so basically that group was kind of like just I say, as I'm gonna just say, Super Junior M is just dead. They haven't really been nothing for years, so they kind of just died out. But another one of the members, his thing is a little bit more serious, as I would say. His thing has to do with him drinking and driving. So I think right now they put him on like hiatus. Until, you know, he gets himself right or until they, they think he can. 
Because it didn't happen once, it happened twice, where I think at one point he crashed into a light pole where he crashed into something, and they said, nah, we're putting you on the bench right now. And he was he was also talented, but it's just like you, you can't risk that person tearing up your image. So for him, he's basically was benched until further noticed. And, whoo, man. Now, our guy Seven. You heard me talk about Seven for a minute. Seven ran into some controversy. Um, I guess it happened during his time in the military, or I think it happened right after the time he was in the military. Basically, it said that he was basically getting sexual favors from a masseuse at a massage uh, parlor. And is this controversy really went really big. And that's the reason, one of the reasons why he basically, his, his comments on YG, they still have music videos up, but they're blocked. Like, you ain't going to be able to see them comments, so don't even try it. Um, but for him, he kind of, he lost a lot of traction. He, he's only, I think he, as of recently, he started to come back a little bit. But it's like, his reputation got ruined off of this. That's why I said he wasn't even doing it, or he wasn't there doing it. But because he was seen there, it's assumed that he was doing it. And for sucks to be him is that he's just guilty by association. And what ends up happening to him is that he loses basically a great footing with um, in the K-pop scene. So it's basically like, yeah, he 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 went from being the rival to reign to just now he's just still a musician trying to make become. And what makes it so sad is that he also lost his fiance because of that. So that that really hurts my heart about his situation. And would also go with Big Bang. One of the members actually, I guess, was really found out to do, be doing sexual things. With I think it was I think it was him with minor, someone who was a minor or something else, and he's basically been kicked from the group as well. Ah man, it's it's a lot. It's a lot of stuff that's been happening with a lot of these members. But that's what happened with him. And so, and he, it just, it came out as unexpected, but he's one of the few that came out in the last three, four years. So it's, it sucks because, you know, he was a good member, but he was doing some wicked stuff and got caught doing it. Can't say it wasn't him. He got caught. Um, who man, like BTS caused some traction too, because they got caught saying the N word, but you know, they moved past it and gotten better and they learned from their mistakes. A lot of these groups did. Um, like I said, certain groups that just they lost a lot of traction, which is EXO and and several others because of you know, members being lost. Now I I don't remember the girl group name of that group, but it still weighs heavily on my heart about the one girl group that Half them, they lost half their members. And I don't know if they're still active today, but it, it really does suck that they lost half their members in a car accident. And so I still stand by my shout-outs to them still because that, that still is very, very heartbreaking because when you lose a member of your group that you've been with since day one, it really, really hurts. And that's why I want to bring in Shiny at because Shiny was a... They love their members, like brothers. I mean, they've been together since 08. 08. They've been, and they've been still putting out music. They didn't put out one song, I think, for one year. 
But after that, they just they've been they've been, they've been very consistent. From 08 to 2017, all members have basically been performing together and making music together. <sighs> Except at the end of uh, in December of 2017, one of the members, uh, I guess you would say the lead vocalist and one of the writers of SM Entertainment, um, Kim Jong-un, uh, took his life. And it still saddens me today because, like I said, that's still one of my favorite groups. Ever since they were introduced to me um, in 2015, well, 2014, it was, I've really been a fan of their music. I even went back and listened to some of their old songs. I even, I even was able to got a couple of their albums. I got their last album, um, the one that came out in 2016. I, I love that album. I even got, because my sister gave it to me for my birthday. So she said, I like the group so much. She bought me one of the albums. I was just joking with her to buy me the album. But she bought it for you, boy. And I got it. And it's, it's still, I, I know how heavy that is to lose a friend that you've known for years. And for them, it's different because, you know, you, you went through thick, thick and thin with this person for many, many years. And they go, they lose their life. I ain't got no ill will about none of that stuff. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to say nothing disrespectful because that's just, that's some things you just got to keep, some things you just don't need to say. And I, I just feel really bad because it's like some of the guys, like like Anu and, and Key, it's like they're the older, I think they're the older members, but it's just like, it sucks because it's like you want to wish to help your younger member out. And when they take their life, it's almost like there's a void left in you. And Lee Timmy, who's the youngest, who's the same age as me, is like, you lost basically your big brother in a sense, and it really hurts. And, you know, even after him taking his life in 2018, they've still been, they've been hanging in there. They've been hanging in there. They're still putting in that work. But you can kind of see that there's a void missing with that group. Because he was like their little beacon, and it's like, when a beacon is, is gone, it's kind of hard to find another one. And for them, they lost, I guess you could say they lost traction because of it. But it's like, what can you do about that? There's nothing you can do about stuff like that. But it really does, it is sad. That's why I say, um, check on your people and make sure they're really doing all right. And this is where I'm going to segue to like basically my last, my last point. Um, the dark side of K-pop is really, really serious. And a lot of K-pop artists, not like just... Kim Jong-un is not the only one who's took in his life. Um, another member, if I remember, I, think, I don't know if it was Irene. I don't want to say the quote it wrong. But another artist from K-pop took their life as well because of they just couldn't deal. A lot of these people have mental issues and they're not getting the proper help. It's one of the reasons why I say I don't want to be a K-pop artist. is because, yes, they may get popular, but their well-being is not taken care of. Like, go back to Luhan. Luhan was very sick and was actually hurting. And he was being forced to still to perform. And so he just decided to leave. And Lei, which was a strong person, he was a very talented artist. But because he was so, felt so strongly about being from his people, like, he kind of just got benched. It's just, it was so sad what happened to a lot of these people. But mental health is not taken seriously. The, the fans are treated as if, like, they all have a chance in dating you when you, they really don't. 
fans be running up into people's bathrooms, running into people's like, like places, and it's really sad because none of these people can ever date. I actually remember these two people. I think it was Huna and one member from was it Pentagon? It was one of these two. The, the one of these groups. Them two started dating, and people were trying to get the man, the male member, to be kicked from the group because he was dating somebody. And it's sad because that happens a lot. And that's why I say companies making it so fans thinking that they're going to have a chance with the artist is really, really bad. And because it ends up setting up, ends up setting up, up a false narrative that they have a chance to get with you when they really don't. And also, if I had to. To hurry up and wrap this up because this this turned into a very very long episode. Uh, there's so many groups out there, but a lot of groups don't get the popularity that they and notoriety that they want because there's so many groups. Like there was history, uh, Republic, as Astro, uh, Vix, I think uh, Stars. There's so many groups that was out there, but they didn't gain anything. And a lot of them just disbanded. Like, one group I know that was way back in the first gen era, I think. Hot, they disbanded. Another group called Domination, they disbanded. But that's only because of an arrest from one of the members. And that group basically separated. But it's like, it's really, really hard to stay... Um, as I will say... Convenient in K-pop. Because in K-pop, if you don't stay on top for long... You're going to lose your spot. Like, yeah, Rain could try to come back, but Rain's not going to get that notoriety that he had when he was, like, right there in his prime. And just like EXO, maybe they, they didn't lose the members from the controversies over the years. They would still be doing big. But then again, oh, I think one member has a family now. Um, a couple of them are going into the military, doing their military thing. But it's, just, it's going to be really, really hard. And for the ladies, it's going to be even harder because, you know, for them, they date somebody, it's just going to be all hell break loose. And for a lot of the guys, like I say this, just don't don't think this is just me talking just to y'all, but y'all got to be careful because a lot of times you're going to get caught up in some situations and a lot of members from different groups, like I just said, like the one member from, from Big Bang and Seven, they got caught up in some sexual stuff. And it's really, really hard to get past that stuff. So, whether they did it or not, it's just, it's really going to be hard to get past that stuff. But you got to really think about what you're doing if you want to be into music and stuff like that. If you want to make it into that, that space and that, that domain, you got to be willing to understand that there are some people who are wishing on your downfall and they don't care how they do it. But, you know, that's, that's the one thing I have to say. K-pop is doing really well, but I see what this thing is telling me. But sorry, I had, it's basically the app telling me I got like uh, a few more minutes to before I wrap this segment up. And what ends up happening, and what makes it so sad, is that uh. Man, they make great music, whether the groups last long or not. But there's like a, a dark, hidden thing. Like, there's a lot of plastic surgery to go to. Like, 
the visual is what really is what a lot of people look at. And what's also scary to me is also the fetishizing of the the K-pop community. And like I had to call my sister out on that that shit one time. I said, man, you need to stop fetishizing these these people like that. They are human beings. They may be artists, but they are human beings. She didn't think that way because you got to think about it. When she came up on it, it was like, ah, she was like really, really young. So I had to still correct it. But, you know, a lot of that stuff is really happening. And even to today, like a lot of them be saying like how they wanted certain members, like some grown women my age wanted members from BTS and they were underage. Like I remember one was talking about, yeah, they wanted the guy uh, called Young. And I looked at it, Tay Young was like 15, 16 years old. I said, what the freak you want with a young boy for? Well, not 15, 16. I think he was like 17, 18. But it's like, why you want that young boy for? And you like, you older than me. That's weird. But because she's all, oh, well, it's okay. He's just, he's just this. And I said, that's still weird. I don't care what you say. That's weird. And I had to look at her funny. I'm glad she left because I, I said, that motherfucker's weird. For saying something as, as creepy and weird as that, but take heed about what you think you know about K-pop, and then have an understanding about what's going on. But like I said, there's not much else I really can say about K-pop. It has good moments, but it has a lot of dark moments. So be wary about what you think you see and what you actually see. But with that being said. That's it for this episode for the podcast. So y'all know what to do. Like and share the content. Rate it five stars wherever you view it. This really helps to get an algorithm and better podcast each and every single day. And if you want to chat it up with me or you want to send me a topic or you want to tell me something that you think I missed or something that you think I need to, need to correct or add to, be sure to hit me up on anchor.fm at the Mr. Shaw Show podcast. And till next time, I'll catch y'all later. Ron Skeezy, play that big boy.